العورة كشف العورة لا يجوز محرمة كشف العورة محرم إنسان ينبغي للرجل أن يغطي عورته أمام الناس وهذه من تقاليع آخر الزمان فمثل هذا ينصح يبين له والغالب على الناس الجهل أنهم لا يعون هذه الأمور فينصح ويبين له وإذا جاء في المسجد أيضا ينصح إمة المساجد العلماء ويترك إن شاء الله ما أحد يرضى يكشف سوءته إلا من جهل فلا بد أن يعلم والمسلم مرآة لأخيه فأنت ترى وهو يراك فإذا رأيك عيب فيك قومك وإذا رأيت أنت عيب فيه لابد أن تقوم بالنصح ليس بالضرب ولا بالغضب ولا بأيضا إثارة عن المشاكل نعم Question sir, how do you advise those who wear revealing clothes in public, men and women? The Sheikh said, of course, uncovering your aura, which is revealing clothes, they're not covering your aura, then that is impermissible to do that in front of the people. And it's from the practices of the end of time. This is what you see in society now. But those people, you advise them then, those uh, uh, believers, you advise them, and most likely, most of the time, it's because of their ignorance. Nobody would be pleased to expose themselves except because of their ignorance and their lack of understanding of religion, etc. So the Muslim is a mirror to another Muslim. If you see some deficiency in that person, in this case, that they're not covering themselves properly, then advise them with sincerity, with generosity or kindness, and not with hitting them or being rough with them. But it's because of ignorance that is widespread. So advise with calmness and gentleness. And inshallah, they will leave that affair when they understand. This is the question that says, What is the question that says, That the government is a Muslim government is a Muslim government. The government starts بتطبيق الإسلام ليس بوجود مسلم يقول الإسلام ولا يعمل به من قام دولة الإسلام لابد أن يعمل بالإسلام كم من دول الإسلام الآن يقول نحن من المسلمين ويفعلون ما لا ينبغي فعله فالإسلام ليس شعار وإنما هو عبادة ومعاملات عقيدة وعبادة ومعاملات وآداب وأخلاق فإذا قامت دولة الإسلام هذا هذا النمط قام ونفع الله بها ولا تقوم على أيضا يعني اضطهاد الناس لابد من العدل والعدل جاء في القرآن والسنة فنتمنى والله أن يكون هذا نعم The question said what is the ruling upon the one who says that the ummah must rise up to establish a Muslim nation behind a Muslim general or somebody who leads that forward, that it's a must, we must do this. The Sheikh said, okay, we need to rise up and establish a Muslim dawla, a Muslim state. That is going to happen through implementing Islam first. It's not a case of just banners and we need to establish a Muslim state and uh, screaming and shouting in that way. It is going to happen that rising up to establish it is through practicing the religion first. The aqidah, the worship, the interactions, the manners, the four points that we spoke about. That is what is needed and justice is needed. These are the affairs you're going to establish a state upon. 
not the way that the people basically scream and shout we have to have a muslim nation we need to go with this leader we need to press forward you need to practice and implement islam and of course we all desire if that be established properly then نحن ننظر ما عندهم ونطبق بالقرآن والسنة الذي يعبد قبر هذا نقول له كيف تعبد قبر يقول هذا يعني يقدم يؤخر يفعل من أين هذا أين الدليل الذي يقولون يعني أن الإسلام لا يقوم إلا بالأحزاب يقول الرسول هل أقام حزب الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام ما كان في حزب عليه ولا في القرون الفضلة كلها ما كان إلا هنا خليفة ومعه الصحابة يحكمون ثم هكذا ولا تأمر الحزبيات هذه شر ولذلك يتنافسون على الكرسي وضيعوا الأمة فمن جاء بشيء لابد أن يأتي بالدليل من كتاب الله وسنة رسوله الذي يتعاملون الآن في دول الإسلام بالربا وبترك والدعوة أن المرأة مع الرجل يعني متساوية والحقوق صارت أين هذا من كتاب الله أين سنة الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام فلا بد من الانسان اذا قال بشيء ياتي بدليل الان الذي يعبدون الله تعالى عندهم الادله لان الله امرنا بذلك وجاء بهذا الرسول وهذا معنى التوحيد لكن اذا يعبدون غير الله تعالى ما عندهم شيء واللي يفعلون البدع ما عندهم شيء انما عقولهم والشيطان يزلزل بهم ويغريهم يريد ان يجعلهم من الكفار ويجعلهم ايضا من منها جهنم يقول الله تعالى انما ذلكم الشيطان يخوف اولياءه من السحرة من الدجلة من عبدة النار من عبدة البقر له خوفهم حتى إذا راح عند الدجال أغراه أو ساحر أغراه ورطه ودخله النار فينبغى الإنسان يحذر لا بد من من ادعى دعوة لا بد أن يأتي بدليل الدليل عندنا ما هو قال فلا ولا فلا قال الله قال رسوله بس ما عنده شيء غير هذا question said how do we distinguish between the people of truth and the people of falsehood all of the sects say we are upon the truth the sheikh said you look to what they are calling to what their claims are what their principles are what they are calling to are they calling to for example worshiping the graves and how is that we say to them where's your evidence they say some people islam can only be established upon groups and sects we need it However, the Prophet ﷺ didn't do that. He didn't split the people into groups and sects. All of these various parties and groups, these different types of political movements, they're all competing with each other for position. They're all competing with each other for rank and status and political seats, etc. So the bottom line is it comes down to evidence. Any group, any sect, they say we're upon the truth. This is what you do. We ask them, so where in the Qur'an, in the Sunnah is your evidence for this or for that? As for the people of Tawheed, Ahlul Sunnah, then they have evidence for all of what they state for the, the, the position of Tawheed and the worship of Allah alone and not uh, uh, slaughtering for graves or making dua for the, to the dead. All of these affairs, the people of Tawheed have the evidences. The shaitan is deceiving those others into believing that you can worship the graves, you can call upon the dead, etc. And it mentions in the Quran how the shaitan puts fear into them, into his followers, creating them or, or causing them to further 
going to misguidance in their slaughtering for the for others besides Allah and uh, other acts of worship for others besides Allah. So it comes down to those evidences. We must examine what every person claims and says. Does he have proof for what he says and does he have evidence for it? الأمر بالمعروف هل يعني ذلك أنه يجوز لنا أن نتعاون مع أهل البدع؟ نتعامل معهم في التجارات معاملات يعني الدنيوية مثل ما تعامل مع الكافر هم ليسوا كفرة فنتعامل معهم على الأمور العامة التي يعني الناس يعني يتبادلون في المنافع أما في الأمور الشرعية يعني في عبادات إذا وقعوا في البدع ما ما نطيعهم فيها ولا نتابعهم لأن إحنا أمة دليل عندنا فإذا فعلوا البدع التي تخالف شرع الله تعالى نطيعهم فيها إنما نطيعهم بالمعروف فيما تعارف على الناس من أمور الدنيا نعم ومع ذلك نزجرهم عن فعل البدع بل حتى لنصل إلى أن نهجرهم وهذا هجر علاج ليس هجر كره نعم Doesn't joining the good mean it's permissible to cooperate with the people of innovation Sheikh said we, we uh, uh, interact with the people of innovation upon the general normal way that you would interact with people as a whole, even kuffar, buying, selling, business, those types of things, trade. It occurs on a normal level. But when it comes to Islamic affairs, when it comes to worship, when it comes to, to Islamic legislative issues, then of course we have no interaction or cooperation or middle ground with people of innovation. There is nothing there like that then. Their interaction with them will be on a general level, buying, selling, trade, whatever that might be. And even then, even then with that level of interaction, we are still going to uh, uh, give them some rebuttal to bring them back from their misguidance that they are upon. So it is a general level of interaction with them, not interaction upon the Sharia, upon legislation and joining the good together, it is a general interaction with them, not upon the legislation, the worship. They are upon innovation and misguidance. You cannot be cooperating with them on that. And that's the final question for today. Time is running out, regrettably so. We're going to round off on that one. <laughs>